controversial we will be today. Yes. Well, he will be. Shoot me, I don't care. I've seen a couple of films over since the beginning of January, um, but the one film that stood out from the few that I have seen is a film called Hunter Hunter. It's a really good movie. Um, it surprised me how good the direction was because I am guessing it's made on a shoestring budget. Was the director anyone? No, no was it? No. Sean. Um, oh, I'm gonna say his name wrong, so I won't say it at all. But I know his first name, Sean, and um, I did look at his. Um, Wikipedia page and there wasn't he has done films mostly B movies right, independent yeah. flicks which Hunter Hunter is but this movie um, really did catch my attention because the, the direction like you know one thing I think is hard for directors to do for any movie um, is to keep the tone of like its plot you know and the atmosphere and he does it throughout and, and the cinematography is fantastic the lead star is Devin Sawyer um, Sawa Sawa yeah from Final Destination Final Destination and the Stan video of yes, Eminem yes <laughs> that, that's you know he was the original well the uh, replacement of, of Eminem in that video and uh, he um, yeah and he's basically the main star I'd say and um, another actress called who you should really look out for because she was excellent in this film called Camille Sullivan and, you know, I've never really watched much of her work before, but she's sort of like, you know, um, Devon is sort of like, you know, the, the, the focus and his daughter. Um, and um, But Camille sort of takes on a big part of the movie. And I really, really enjoyed it. I um, I wasn't too sure what to expect. I just liked the cover of the movie. So I thought that's why I'm going to watch it. The cover it. is very Yeah, cool. exactly. It sort of draws you in, which yeah, is, I think yeah. is important. I think if you're going to have a film and you're going to make it, you know, and you've created something and you want people to watch it, then you've got to make a great cover. Yeah. Otherwise, they might p pass it by. Um, word of mouth seems to be pushing it, which is great. Yeah. And um, I really, like I say, for a first film for the year, well, it wasn't the first. The, uh, the first film I watched was Possessor, which was Brandon Cronenberg. Yeah. Which I did really like. That. I did like it. I did like that movie. It had a few issues with it here and there, but, you know, as far as, you know, otherwise it's, you know, quite a solid film. Because like, that film, sorry, I, well, I'm no. going off topic, but we always do. Everyone yeah. loves that. Uh, Possessor was on a lot of people. People's uh, best film 2020 list. I can see why because the yeah. story, the story of um, the um, the background of Possessor, the plot, yeah, is amazing. It's um, is he very much like his father the way he directs? It's very original, and okay. that's what Cronenberg was. Yeah, is um, but you know Brandon Cronenberg seems to be going on a similar path to his dad. And there's definitely you know you, you notice these. I mean, obviously you're going to compare the two because father and son influences and whatnot but I did really enjoy what um, we saw with um, Possessor but there was a couple of bits that really bothered me about the movie again I won't mention it you're not seen it yet but we, we could talk about it another time yeah but um, Hunter Hunter like I say that's a movie that I think everyone should try and check out yeah. I think it's um, a film that you'll definitely enjoy well the both uh, Possessor and Hunter Hunter are both out on DVD in February okay I didn't, so, I didn't yeah, know that. yeah I, I, I'm 100% on Possessor yeah I'm, 80% on Hunter Hunter. Morrison's, uh, here we come. Yeah, well, I've already pre-ordered mine. Okay. <laughs> um, you did that on Morrison's? No, no, I'm sorry, I did on HMV, so I pre-ordered oh. it on HMV. Yeah, Whenever you go Morrison's. to Morrison's, you always see a good DVD selection, I've noticed. They yes, always have yeah. the, the, like, the... Um, Three to five pound. Yeah. Oh, yeah, don't, like, I'm, yeah. If, if you go to, like, if you go to Tesco's, no offence, Tesco's, um, but you will always find in Morrison's, like, a bit more range, yeah. on, especially on the DVD section. You see a lot more horror films, yes, you see a bit yeah. more foreign films. And I like that because then people, you know, will take a punt on it. 
like yeah. you would back in the old days when you watched the VHSs. But um, I think um, I'll keep an eye out for the releases. Definitely. Yeah. What was uh, yours? Well, my, mine's not as new as yours, like quite the opposite of new. Uh, okay. 1989, directed by J.R. Buckwalter. Right. Um, I hope I said the name right. Uh, and it's uh, The Dead Next Door. Okay. Which is... I've seen the cover yes. many times. I'm, I think every, like it's, it's quite a cool cover. Yeah, it's, it, it, I mean, it's one of those films that you may have never seen, but you know it just by the cover. Yes, yeah. yeah. Well, do you know the, the last shirt on the left, the company? I know of it. Yeah, they've released a really cool t-shirt, and that's how I got onto it. It's been oh, on right, my watch okay. list for a while. Okay. Uh, and I seen they released it, and I thought, you know what, I went on CEX, ordered it, and then I watched it. It's horrendously low budget. Yeah. Uh, like, fair... The, the uh, special effects, like, they yeah. must have spent all that because the effects are top-notch. And everything in it's just like a love letter to Romero. The, the, the there's two characters called Savini, obviously Tom Savini, Raimi, Sam Raimi, uh, Carpenter, um, whose birthday it is today, by the way, yeah? Repping the man himself. Happy birthday, John. Um, uh, and then on the wall, there's King and Romero, spray-painted, right. obviously Stephen King, George yeah. Romero. Uh, and I would say... It's the closest you can get to coming to a Romero film uh, from the, the Dead trilogy yeah. without watching a George Romero film. That's pretty strong, I'd say. Like I say, if a film is like that, then it's gonna it's worth your time, isn't it? The, the thing is that, it, like I said, like the way it's shot, it's very like you could tell it was shot on not a very good camera. But I'd love to see it if uh, Jr. Don't know what that stands for could get more money and remake it. Okay, was it? Is it a? Um, did it spawn sequels? I don't think it did. No. Don't hold me to that. I didn't look, but I'm pretty sure it didn't. No, like I say, I've seen, I have seen it for sale on DVD yeah. um, many times. Um, it's just one of those films I never picked up to really look at properly. But um, but the director, I've not heard of before. He he didn't really do much. No. He's done a lot of special effects. Okay. He's more of a special okay. effects artist, which yeah. you can tell from the movie. Right. Then he is a director, I think. Uh, because he's done some other like really low budget films like sci-fi and horror films. Well, like I said, that film has always been around somewhere along you know along yeah. your journey of looking through films. Basically, when you're going to either buy them, just browsing, it always pops up somewhere along the line. So, yeah, okay, so that alone is gives it a cult status. Yes, I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, like like I said, like the only reason I brought it was because yeah. last year on the left released that T-shirt. Right. And I thought, okay. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go for it because it's been like I said when you're flicking through, you always find it you're like. No, because it's just gonna. Because in my head, I was like, it's just gonna be a rip off. Yeah. Which yeah. You, you do think that. Yeah. But when you watch it, no. Hunter Hunter, for example, that was. I only heard about it through word of mouth. That, in a way, the same with um, the film you, you, you're talking about. That the is, Dead Next Door. The Dead Next Door. <laughs> I, I did forget it. Um, that has got, again, you know, it's a word of mouth film or yeah. basically just by looking at the cover. So, um, no, I'll try and check that out. I mean, I'll, I'll borrow it off you. You can borrow it off me. I've got the uncut version. Oh, well, there you go. That's the one I'm, <laughs> the one I'm taking. The first time I've seen that, funny enough, um, you've lived around there your whole life, so you, you'll probably remember. Do you remember Choices? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's the first time I've seen that film. Okay. In, in the rental okay, aisle yeah, yeah, in yeah. Choices. I'm, I most likely would have seen it myself at yeah. the same time. Um, it's one of those, um, I mean, Choices, you know, rest in peace. We love the old um, hangouts. Yeah, I, well, I never, I've never been to a blockbuster. Never went. There was well, one not, in. Not one of the stuff. No, no, I was a choices boy never through and through. Yeah, you, you were dedicated. Yeah, yeah. But, well, my family just wouldn't drive to Prestatin, to be honest with you. Sorry, no. <laughs> we're gonna do films that we dislike, but people seem to love. Yeah. 
Um, I'm going to let you start first before okay. I start burning bridges. One of the films she's about to talk about could burn down this podcast. My number one definitely will yes. make a lot so, of people angry. So, apologise in advance, but at the same time, it's quite interesting. So our our should, editor should... James nearly left. Yeah, he nearly <laughs> left, left the team, um, but that's why it makes it exciting. But uh, my first one, and it goes back to what I talked about sort of um, last week. Um, so last week we talked about Scott Pilgrim versus the world. I think I mentioned it in the last podcast. And um, yeah. it's a movie that I, you know, was terribly excited for. It had a fantastic um, trailer and the trailer sold it to me. And I never heard of the comic book because it's based on a comic book. But with Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, I was infuriated by the characters. I didn't like anyone apart from one character who was Knives. Have you, see, have you seen it? Yes, I'm, I'm a fan. You're a fan? I'm a fan, fan. yeah. Well, Knives is the young girl, basically, who becomes the first girlfriend really of Scott Pilgrim so Scott Pilgrim gets you know he's sort of like you know wanting a girlfriend wants to sort of you know have that love interest and he meets Knives I can't he's, a, he's a high school girl high school girl so <laughs> that that is um yeah that's a big thing <laughs> yeah um so he meets her and they get to know each other and like you know she's bags of fun and you know he likes her but she is quite comes across annoying and uh, because you know of her age I'm well he's quite a bit older than her as well yeah he's, he's 24 i think yeah film, and all he? the jokes that are made against him because yeah. of her age yeah. and their, their age difference and um i did really like the made the way the film was made i did enjoy it um to that degree because Edgar Wright has a stamp on movies, yes. his own films. Yeah. Um, sometimes I wish he, you know, now I like to think he's going to back away from that a little bit because I want directors to sort of get out of the comfort zone. Because I think when directors get out of the comfort zone is when you see all the real directors. Yeah. You see if what they're made of. You, I want to see a director that will challenge genres and things like that. And uh, Scott Pilgrim is a different film, really, but it's still got that zany, you know, satirical um, feel about it, like yeah. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. And, um, but yeah, like I say, I did not like the characters in um, Scott Pilgrim and that made, made, made it problematic for me. I just thought to myself, if these people were hanging around in my life, I just would not want to be around them. So being, around, being with them in a film, I remember I took my wife to watch the movie and I sort of like, we were, it was when we first met and I sort of said to her, this is going to be a great film, this is going to be amazing, you know, you know it's going to be really special, you know, it's going to break barriers. And in the end, we walked out and I apologised. <laughs> um, because I hated it and um, she said I hated it too and over the years I realised you know those are the kind of films she won't like and usually Scott Pilgrim is a film that I would like but this movie I just could not get on board with I just hated the treatment of Knives in the movie because basically Knives gets put aside because oh, yeah. Scott... Scott's a dick to her yeah. again part of yeah. my friend Scott's because, a dick because Scott ends up with Ramona yeah. and I mean Ramona's beautiful in the movie and things like that and I sort of see the attraction um, it's got the goth vibes sort of thing and and even towards the end, I, I, I don't want to try and spoil it, but the film's been around for 11 years now. But as the movie progresses towards the end, you know, Knives comes out and re helps Scott in his quest to get Ramona. And I think to myself, you know, why are you doing this for this guy who does not do anything to help you? And it bothered me a lot. And I, I just couldn't get it out of my head. I thought, you know, Knives is being, you know, disserviced here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she, 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 she's not getting you know, the praise that, as the character, that she deserves. In my opinion, she should have won who, got, who could have been with Scott at the end. Because I think she does more to sort of prove herself as, you know, girlfriend material than Ramona does. Well, she ends up with the band, is it young Neil, the bandmate? Yeah, she yeah, ends up with I, him at the end, I mean, I she? haven't seen the film for quite a while, yeah. so I'm only going off what I remember. But I do remember the last scene, she walks off somewhere with yeah, someone. I'm pretty sure she gets with, you know, yeah. I think it's the, like, the, the roadie that's always with him, the young I can lad. I can live with that to a degree. Yeah. Because like I say, it's a bit of a happy story. But um, happy ending. Um, but before that, 
I was just getting infuriated. And some of the characters, I mean, I get, you know, there's quirky people out there, and Scott Pilgrim is nothing but quirky characters. Uh, but I don't know whether, at the same time, I watched it, maybe... It, maybe it's past my generation. Well, I was going to say that. I didn't want to offend yeah, you that. No, it's my age, I, I, I seem to find that people sort of like my age, younger, really like the film. But then, like, like, like I think I watched it with my dad once, and yeah. my dad was like, "This, this is garbage. Yeah, Why are we watching yeah. this kind of thing?" Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying they're the same age as my dad's Rob. No, no, no. Um, maybe. But I like, no, you're not. No. Um, <laughs> no, but yeah, I, f I find that people say like five to ten years older than me seem to think that it's silly. Yeah. Which I get. Like yeah. again, I, I know what you mean by the characters. Like Chris Evans' character, massive douchebag in the film. Like I, I don't mind that because his character, like he's an ex-boyfriend of Ramona, so that's kind of his, his behaviour is proof to why he's an ex. But um, he sort of plays like a like a over hyped Clint Eastwood kind of character. Which I like. Is annoying, um, I thought like, I like really the, annoying. I like his voice in it. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. He's got like that eyebrow twitch he has as well. Yeah, like, sort I mean, of. if you watch um, Chris, if you think of Chris Evans now from Captain America. His role in Scott Pilgrim is completely um, like nothing like it. No. And that's one thing I do actually like about because um, when you look at the cast list of Scott Pilgrim, Man. it is a like a brat pack of the actors and actresses that have come into the film now. Yeah. You know, you got Brie Larson, you know, before Miss you know, Marvel, Captain Marvel, um, and you've got. Um, was it um, Alison Brie? Um, Mary Elizabeth Winstead's Ramona. Yeah, it? yeah, she, you know, she's gone to do some great work, and um, obviously Michael Cera was just off super bad, so he was. Um, he's not so much in the public eye as much now, but no, he uh, sort of sort of dipped a bit <laughs> more <laughs> the yeah. um, indie world. But um, like I say, you know, you've got Superman, you've got Brandon Roth, yeah. um, and there's other lots of other characters and stuff, and um, one of the Culkin brothers as well. Who's his gay friend? He yes, with us, isn't he? Yeah. Well, that's a character I definitely don't like. Well, I I... Just, I've never, I never liked how sarcastic he was. I don't mind sarcasm; that's fine. But he was over sarcastic for the film, and it kind of, it kind of, you know, made me, you know, you're usually trying to support. You, know, you usually like the friend, the best friend of the main character, because he's the one who helps push the main character along. But in my head, head it just didn't head in. I just didn't like it, and because I do like Edgar Wright, going back to what I said the week before, um, I do like him. I'm not trying to hate on the guy um, because I'm excited. To, I'm always excited to see what he brings out next. It's just what he seems to bring out. I don't seem to like yeah. currently. So yeah. I'm not. I'm not like you know. Edgar Wright's not dead to me as a director. He is still strong. <laughs> I'm still hopeful because, I mean. I'm still hopeful he's going to bring out a film that's going to really blow me away. And that's why I stick with him, because yeah. I know he can do it, even though I'm sure everyone else knows he can do it anyway, which he can. But I think he's better than Scott Pilgrim and The World's End and the half an hour I watched of um, Baby Driver. <laughs> so we're going on to yours next. Yeah, uh, my, my first one is Mars Attacks. Okay. Uh, I sort of suffer from the same thing that you did with Scott Pilgrim. Great cast. But everyone is annoying, mm. like really yeah. annoying. And plus as well, I'm going to say it, and I don't care who, you can write nasty comments to us, I don't care. The aliens look awful. Ah, okay. What, uh, the, what were the names of them? Um, and Did they give them a name? I think they're just Martians. Martians, Yeah, Martians. they make that, that ag, ag, ag noise, really annoying. Nice planet, we will take it. Yeah, really annoying film. Um, that, Michael J. Fox is in it, Jack Black's in it. I, people Jack, that Jack, I, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, people that I really like. Uh, well, next film we'll get on to that. Um, yeah, but I just really couldn't yeah. get behind it. I've tried to watch it. I tried to watch it again the other day. Okay. I brought it. I spent money on the piece of crap. 
I thought I'm going to watch this, and I thought maybe because my I had a third film because we were going to do three films, but I watched the third film again, the two yeah, matches, yes. and I think it was my age because number three for me was ET, shoot me, I don't care. Um, but I rewatched it as an adult, and I watched. It, I thought, oh, this is amazing because my, my whole thing with ET was is that he just looked like some testicles. That's right. My, that was my thing. <laughs> he looked like dried up testicles. Well, they have remastered the movie since, so I well, think that's, maybe that's what yeah, it was. Maybe I watched it as a kid yeah. on VHS. Thought, oh no, he looks like a nutsack. Because when I first saw ET, I just cried my eyes out because I just couldn't. You know, it was the first film I think I realised of people not staying together, like yeah. the, the first you know loss of um, a friendship, maybe. And obviously, because I found him to be quite cute. Um, unlike yourself, dried um, up nuts. Yeah, that. that <laughs> um, I lost my train of thought. Now, I'm thinking about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that 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 movie um, had a pr profound effect on me. Um, and I find it even hard now to go back to it. I went back to it about ooh, ten years ago, I think. I watched it one. I was I had a day off work and I had one afternoon and I just I watched. I put it on. I was on my own and I still welled up towards the end. And I'm not gone back to it since. I've got it on Blu-ray and I need to rewatch it again because I, I think I watched it on DVD originally. Um, sorry, the VHS obviously and then DVD. But um, going off topic anyway. But uh, Mars Attacks. Yeah. Shoot. I just I just hate it. Yeah, <laughs> That's hate all it. I can Fair say. Enough, like enough. I tried to like I said, ET is not in a, a film I hate anymore. I quite like ET. I thought it was a fun little family film. Again, think the alien looks weird. Looks like a scrotum. But we'll get off ET. Uh, Mars Attacks, I just, I just, nah, nah. No, no. That's how I feel about it. Like, Tim Burton, I think he's an okay director and he's an okay writer. His art is all right. Like, I like A Nightmare Before Christmas. He didn't direct that, though. He, yeah, he wrote it, obviously, it. and did the art. But, like, I can't, I can't sit down and think of one film where I'm like, yeah, he deserves an Oscar for that. I, I completely agree because Mars Attacks, I watched, was it 98, 99? No idea. Um, but I know I watched it not long after it came out. And because of the cast list, you know, you had Pierce Brosnan, Jack Nicholson, actually the characters you've already mentioned, the actors you've already mentioned. Yes. So there's lots of other people, you know, behind this movie. And everyone was buzzing for it because it really did. I think it came out not long after Independence Day. So alien invasion films were really popular at the yeah. time. And, um, and it sort of came out of nowhere. And I'm in agreement with you. I don't particularly rate Tim Burton no. much. I like Beetlejuice, fantastic. Yep. I love Edward Scissorhands. I love the first Batman. I love Batman Returns. Yeah. And everything else since then. And it seems to be, apart from Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood, I really liked Ed. Have you yes. seen Ed Wood? Yes, that, I have. That, yeah. that, that, that's a that was probably the last um, Tim Burton film I watched and was really, like, you know, gone brilliant, great. And everything's from Chocolate Factory to Sweeney Todd, um, Big oh, Fish. I, I didn't mind Sweeney Todd, to be honest with you. Yeah, I do. I yeah. love music. Oh, yeah, I love I like, musicals. I like musicals, <laughs> but I just couldn't... It's not a... Um, I don't know, I think he's like... I think he peaked very early in his career. Very early, yeah. yeah. Seen, like, like I was saying, like, again, on that topic, yeah. I think, don't get me wrong, he's a good director, good writer, good artist, but he isn't great. No, he creates better characters than Yes, films. exactly, yeah. I feel like if he did Edward Scissorhands and gave it to someone, say, like Spielberg, that film would Oscars everywhere, yeah. out, out the kazoo. But because he he's done it, although Vincent Price is in it, which is pretty cool, his last film before yeah, he died... Yeah. Because uh, he's the, the maker, isn't he? He, he is made the creator Edward. of Edward, yeah. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I just hate Mars Attacks. I'm sorry, but I do. I do. That's There's all I've got to say about it. Everyone's got a right to an opinion. Yeah, no, that's fact. It's crap. It's fact. <laughs> I can't, again, I'm only I, joking. I'm only joking. No, again, I did not like it myself. I thought it was okay, um, but for what you've got in front of you, for the movie that it is, um, which is basically, you know, for what it's got, 
you know, for the cast, for the director, for yeah. the money behind it, you expect more. And I remember watching it, and I remember thinking, Meh. everything's lousy about the CGI when people get evaporated. I know it's the 90s. I think it was trying to do like a... Uh, Cartoony kind of it effect. Felt, it felt like like a 50s sci-fi film. I think, I don't know whether that was what the original plan was, whether the influence of, you know... Plan 9. Like, yeah, that. Forbidden Planet yeah. and things like that was maybe behind the idea um, and then brought in the more comedy side of because things. Because the, the aliens, the Martians, they were a, a card, weren't they, before yeah. of the film? They, and I love the cards. I think the cards, the art on them is beautiful. Mm. I love it, kind of thing. But, like, the film, I just caught that... Like I said the other day, I tried to watch it, sat down, thought, you know what, no, I'm going to do it. Yeah. Gonna watch it all. Literally, I think twenty-five minutes in, I was just like, no. I was like, no, I can't do this to myself. It has, it has got, like I say, that it, it just, it was very hyped at the time um, because I think Burton hadn't made much before it. I think, I think Edward might have been the last one he made before that film. I could be wrong, but I think because of the the work he had made previously, yeah. the the and the cast list that was attached to it. I mean, Jack Nicholson to be. For Jack Nicholson to be in a film like that, which is not the kind of film no. he would be in, do you know what? It's got a very Roger Corman vibe. Yes. And, um, yeah. and Jack Nicholson was um, a student of um, Roger Corman. Yeah. So, well, he was in the Little Shop of Horrors that he Yes, that's did. correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. The original and, one, yeah. And again, that's kind of you know got that Tim Burton yeah. vibe about it, um, which I'm sure he was influenced by. But Mars Attacks, I am the same as you. I, I mean, I wouldn't say I hated it or anything like that, but I don't, um, I don't just particularly get on with it i think it's very um like i've seen people buy artwork over the years artwork's fine i yeah. guess but i think people have praised it and i to be fair not many mention it mm, for, I think for a good reason and i think they don't mention it much because um because like i said i think it's one of the lesser movies of tim burton yeah 100 percent. Yeah. like yeah What's your number one? So I don't want to talk. That's how angry I am at the film. I don't want to talk about it anymore. No, no, because I mean, I mean, everyone's got a right to obviously hate a film or yeah. dislike it or whatever you want to call it. Um, but obviously, what I do like about all movies being made and all people having being fans of films is that if, if let's say Chad and I don't like a certain film, uh, like Mars Attacks, but then say millions more do, and it makes 400 million or 300 million in the box office. That's great because the money made from that film might go into make another film yeah. that we like. So that's always a good thing and a positive thing. So we're not here to hate at all, like, but of course we want to, you know, at the end of the day, for all the great films are out there, there's yeah. a lot of bad films. And it's important to sort of discuss, especially if it's films that people are not expecting you. I don't think, I've never had many conversations with people saying they dislike um, Scott Pilgrim, everybody. Yeah. I, I'm one of maybe a couple of people that I know personally. And uh, the same with Mars Attacks. Yeah. So, you know, it's good to get different vibes. But my number one is a film that is... Um, so I'm going to try and say the, the director's name correctly. Alejandro Inathru. I tried to say it without the accent. Um, Do it with the accent, try it. It sounds Alejandro Inathru. Oh, there you go, yeah. That sounds, oh. that sounds oh. like a... Um, sounds like a Spanish Give chills down the back Spanish, there, Rob. Spanish wizard. But I do love um, Alejandro because he made a great movie in the 2000 called Amores Piros. Um, which have you seen Amores? No, no, it's, no um, it's a low-budget foreign movie. Um, I think it's Mexican. I think it is Mexican, and um, and I love that movie. And he went on to do other films called uh, with Sean Penn and Benicio del Toro called Twenty One Grams, um, Babel with uh, Brad Pitt. Okay. And he made uh, Birdman with um, Michael Keaton. Did watch it. I've not seen that either. <laughs> no, I think I'm not watching that. But um, The Revenant is my number one. Yes. Now this is a movie that came out 2015. Um, it's an important film. You know, it talks. You know, it's um, to people, not to me. <laughs> all may, all may. I'm also not a fan. No, because when it came out, 
I was excited for it because you, you mean look at I mean you've got Tom Hardy, you've got yeah. DiCaprio, you've got um, obviously Alejandro's behind the directing, and I thought to myself, I'm you know I'm in. It sounded to me like this is this generation's Last of the Mohicans, and I love Last of the Mohicans. Have you seen that? That's on Netflix. You, you know it's really. Good I was going to watch it the other night. Oh, <laughs> but I didn't get film, around that. Great film. It's really you know if you like those kind of movies, uh, historical dramas with Daniel Day Lewis is in Last of the Yeah, yeah, with yeah. a lot of action thrown in, you know, Dances with Wolves vibes sort of thing. Then you watch Last of the Mohicans, but Revenant had that feel to it. It's the opening scene to Revenant, I loved it, the attack on the uh, camp. Okay, yeah, with the Native Americans. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I saw it in the um, I saw it in the IMAX. Okay. So that's one reason why I didn't come out disliking it too much, because watching something in the IMAX, no matter what it is, will always look better and feel better, because yeah. that's the experience. But when I watched, um, when I watched The Revenant, you know, I sort of dissected it once I left. And the film is about 40 minutes too long. Now, if the movie's, say, just under two hours, to me it's a great film. Not perfect, but a great film. Because you've got the best bits in the movie. And there's a lot of great moments in it. Tom Hardy is, you know, like, is a revelation. Yeah. I mean, he was well known at the time because, you know, The Dark Knight Rises had been and gone and he had made Bronson, which was, you know, independently made, but, you know, got a lot of um, favour with the critics. But he really did make a scene in... Um, the Revenant, which yeah. earned, earned him his first Oscar nomination. And oh, he, I didn't know he got nominated for that. He got nominated. Supporting. Supporting actor, actor, yeah, yeah. And DiCaprio bagged his first Oscar after so many nominations. I just want to say he should have won it for Wolf of Wall well, Street. I'm just going to put that out there. He should have got it for Wolf of Wall Street. Chad's taking the words out of my mouth. Because I think <laughs> exactly the same. Because that, that role is just... It Outstanding. Blows your, it blows your head yeah. off. It's nothing... I mean, you, know, you take Jack and uh, from Titanic and Romeo from Romeo and Juliet. And then you put... You look at DiCaprio as... Um, Jordan, Jordan Belfort. Yeah. Um, that is how far he's come as an actor. He has become this, you know, the 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 um, colossal, you know, image in Hollywood that he is now. And um, but the Revenant, he, you know, he, the Revenant is a great role for him. It is. Rarely speaks in it much, um, but when he does, he's doing the job that he's meant to do. Screams a lot. Gets buggered by a bear. Yeah, the bear scene. <laughs> the bear scene is fantastic. I mean, very not, well done. Not for the buggering reason. But for the fact is that it's so well done, you know, it, it feels like you're watching a live bear yeah. attack. And, yeah. um, you know, you. to be fair, when someone says to me, oh, we got attacked by a bear, I'm thinking, well, just run away. And then... That's a fast, you know. Well, that's a very well, fast. A bear attack on the IMAX will make you realise and go, I was talking rubbish. Yeah. But, but yeah, The Revenant, it's just too long. Um, it got all these applauds. Um, it got all these nominations. It won Oscars. Yeah. Alejandro won two directing Oscars. Leo won his first Oscar for that. Yeah, well, he won his two. He won two directing Oscars in back to back. Uh, Birdman was the first one. Oh, really? And the year after was um, wow. The Revenant. But The Revenant for me is just like, you know, I think people, I'm not saying, I'm not telling people how they should think or what their opinion is, <laughs> but I think people really did, you know, raise a fire with that film that was never deserved no personally um unless you're a fan of that type of movie it's a it is a journey and you are knackered by the end because at the end of the film you've gone on this journey with him and he's trying to get to where he needs to be it's a revenge film really because he's trying to get tom hardy isn't he he's trying to get the man who killed the son yes yeah and um you know and he's going through all these you know the elements of you know of weather you know whether it be rain snow or just you know i mean nature in itself is attacking him from all ends whilst trying to recover from the bear attack and i just think for all that dicaprio's done and for all that tom hardy's done tom hardy does play a great role but you know i hate sometimes i don't like it when um they've done better work and they got less praise yes because i think it's un 
because I think it's just, you know, I think people, The Revenant, like most films that get Oscars, they come out at the correct time. You know, you never see a film come out in February and then get nominated the year after, yeah. or March time. You know, the, the Oscars usually is in February, and um, so they would usually get nominated. So films that come out for the, to get, um, to qualify for the nominations and Oscars, come out September to January. And then maybe one or two come out in February, but I think it's quite rare. Maybe in the UK they come out, but in America they're out already. But I just think, you know, it was a perfect film for the Oscars. Yeah. You know, it had everything they, they wanted. They love that. They love it that kind the of film. It ticked the boxes. And DiCaprio, like I say, you know, he is deserving of his Oscar. He's just not deserving of that Oscar. With, with me, I think he should have won, won two Oscars for that, for Wolf of Wall Street yeah. and as Calvin Candy in Django Unchained. Yes, he was. Because great, he yeah. is exceptional yeah, in that film. I'm not a massive Django fan, but I do love him in Django. T turn the camera off for a minute. You're not, you're not a fan of Django. You might come back in a minute and a black eye may appear. That, that's the, I'm going to say it, this, that is the best Tarantino no, do you film. Know what? I should have mentioned, do, do you know what, actually, it's funny, because I should have mentioned Django, because that would have been, been my third choice, probably. And, um, but we don't want to break the camera. I'm going to hit you when, when, when Chad throws me through <laughs> it. But, um, but no, honestly, I, honestly um, I love his role in that movie. And I, there's a lot of things I do like about Django, but the film as a, as a whole, I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan of. Right. Um, but to be fair, it's a film I've been back to three times, and I am planning on a fourth watch. Um, I was talking to a friend about it recently, and he's going to go back to it, and he doesn't like it either. Um, but again, there must be something about it slightly to make us want to go back. So we might have missed out the first three times, but three times is quite a lot. Yeah, to me, Django and Chains, Tarantino, best film ever. A lot of people think like that. I, yeah. I think that film's flawless. I can't find a Christoph Waltz in it for God's sake. What, oh no, him, what and, a Jamie, character. Yeah, him and Jamie Fox um, do a great, a great job in it. Um, but I just, I, I just cannot seem to get behind it. Compared to, I mean, I was massively a big fan. I'm a big fan of Inglorious Bastards. I was a big fan of. Um, I wasn't a massive fan of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I'm not seeing that. No, it's. I mean, it's, it's a hangout movie, and if you know it's a hangout movie before you go into the film, it's great. But if you don't know that, then you might be expecting more from it, yeah. because I wasn't. You know, again, a film that suffered from its running time. It had too many boring scenes in it for me. But um, and the Revenant is exactly the same. That had too many scenes of just walking, trekking, and I know you're on a journey with. Um, the character, but um, Journey of Revenge. Um, oh, Glass, isn't it? It's that, what's his name? Glass. Hugh Glass, is it? Um, but I think it's Glass something. But yeah, that that is the problem with the Revenant for me. It's too long, and I think a film needs to realise sometimes. You know what? Stop being so. But of course, what do I know? It went on to win Oscars, and I think it made over five hundred million in the wow. box office, which is big. And it obviously got it gets praised to this day, but not from myself or Chad. The biggest crime was the bear didn't get the Oscar for supporting actor. Yes. That was the biggest crime. Yeah. That bear made that scene. To be fair, I've always thought that, you know, films, like Oscars, like, they don't have any love at the moment for stuntmen. There's no Oscar for the best stuntmen. There's not. There needs to be. You know, oh, and wow. that, got, that got brought up, actually, at the Oscars when um, Brad Pitt um, won for best supporting actor for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Of course he did, didn't he? Because he yeah. plays a stuntman in yeah. the movie. And he says, you know, we need to give more love to them. I think they need to give more love um, in Oscars to scenes in films because there are a lot of movies that are just you know okay and they've got fantastic scenes in them and those scenes you know you know i don't know i think it'd be quite good to have an oscar for you know best scene of the year sort of thing I mean, they have it in mt movie awards i know it's a, a step a, a bit of a difference in class between those two <laughs> um but like you know i think in my personally you know like say some 
actors and directors will go you know to hell and back to make one great scene and then it gets forgotten about because the film overall wasn't great and i do understand that but i wish there was more love because mostly i remember talk i remember films from certain scenes not from beginning to end because there's a certain film and that's how you remember for me i'm sure yourself you remember certain films because of a certain scene well c- coming on to that i've done if I was to give one film an Oscar for a scene, mm. I'll ask you the same question in a minute. Mm. But for me, it would be the one take in Scorsese's Goodfellas where they're walking down the oh, stairs and just, gorgeous, what? Gorgeous. A, and you've got the um, what's the what's the three girl band? Oh, called? the Crystals. Yeah, singing. Oh, yeah. then he kissed me. What a scene! Yeah, that should have won an Oscar. That is one of the like. I remember being obsessed with that scene because yeah. it's one track shot isn't it and amazing to have that in place walking um, through the kitchen walking yeah. oh god it's professionalism at its best because everyone knows their job yes. yep. everyone's doing it everyone's on fire scorsese at the time you know he was peak i mean he did go on to make great films of course afterwards but goodfellas for me um i mean casino followed and that was a great film yeah um but um goodfellas that, that scene in goodfellas has always been with me glad you agree glad no no agree. i love it i think it's um that alone I mean, Goodfellas got shown out of the Oscars because of Dancing with Wolves. Um, I've never seen Dancing with Wolves. That, that, that is a great film, but I, that is a very much like The Revenant. You know, it's okay. a revenant of its time. Um, so I'm not going to like it then? As well, it depends <laughs> which cut you watch. If you watch the original cut, well, I think there's, there's a director's cut which nears four hours. Um, no, I'm not going to You can watch, watch it maybe in TV, <laughs> yeah. TV chapters. I've got five-year-old Rob. I'm not going to watch a four-hour you, film. You, you can watch it in TV chapters, perhaps. Okay. Um, but The Revenant is my number one, and I did not... Just could not get on board with it. But if you guys love that film, then comment below. Because yeah. even though I'm not here to argue with you, but I'd love to see what you liked about the film. And, you know, same with Chad's choices. But to be fair, we're all here today for Chad's number one. Now be warned, be warned, <laughs> this is big. This is, this is big. I want to start off by saying, um, I will argue with you in the chat box. No, I'm only joking. Um, I think num- number three of this film is the the best of the franchise. Yeah, I love but it. But I also hate number three, so this this isn't going to go well. My number one um, is Back to the Future, and that's mainly because I just think it's ridiculous. Uh, my, my main thing with it, right, and this might seem really petty, and I've said this to you before, Rob, is the car, the the car shit. And I'm sorry for using language, but the car, is, it, it's a bit shit in it. Like, what the main feature about it is, is that the doors go up. Wow. I've got a window that goes that way as well. I'm not, I'm not putting a film in that. You know what they should have used? A Dodge Charger. That would have been cool. It goes faster as well. Put the flux capacitor. That's what it's called, the flux capacitor. Yeah, you, um, I'm trying to think what car that is now. You mentioned it. Uh, what, a DeLorean? No, the one, the one, the Dodge. No, Dodge Charger. Yeah. yeah, it's like like the General Lee kind of oh, thing. Oh, right, yeah. okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, do you know what I mean? That car, that going to the future with that good. And Doc Brown, bit weird, starts off with a terrorist shooting at him, then he kidnaps a kid, takes him back in time, tries to diddle his mother. It's a weird film. And I'm a man that watches really strange films. And in, like, I've watched that film pretty much every year from when I was a kid. My brother, big Back to the Future fan, so is my mum. They watch every year, and I sit there, and honestly, I get to the bit where like he, like his mum tries on with. I'm like, I'm out. No, there's, like, been, there, there always, there's always been good chat about that. As yeah, it's always yeah. been um, like brought up in conversation, and um, I mean, like I say, it, it, it is a shocking one because I've never. Uh, to, to be fair, because um, so, you, so your thoughts. So, so number one, you hate it. Hate's a strong word. Like I use hate for Mars Attacks. I don't hate any film. I don't. I don't. My, my picks Overhyped. are, exactly, Overhyped. I think these films shouldn't be as big as they are, yeah. 
Yes, yeah, I get it, that. Yeah, like, get that. again, like this, the, the cheesy bit where he's like, I don't know if this is which back. You know what, I, I dislike all three, so I'm just going to use all of them for number one. The bit where he's using the guitar on stage, and he goes oh. mad with it, and he looks at him and goes, oh, you kids will love this one never. Like, shut up, Michael oh, J. Fox. No, like, no, shut no, up. no, no, I mean, yeah. that, is, that, that is, I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I completely appreciate the opinion, <laughs> I, I, I respect Oh, it. no, honestly, you don't like Django um, Unchained. Yeah, so, so yeah, me and you are clashing like WrestleMania 6 going on right here, Warrior versus Hogan. Um, Which but, I? No, sorry, no, come on. You can be Warrior, you know, yes. he's, he's a tough guy, Warrior. He's got tattoos, you've got all the, oh. yeah, you've got the makeup, haven't you, sort of thing, on, <laughs> on your hands. Um, but no, I, I mean, I watched Back to the Future 2 before I saw the first one, but I knew enough about the first one through people talk, by friends talking yeah. about it um, to sort of get on board with it. Um, I didn't really watch Back to the Future until I was in mid-90s. Um, I was a late bloomer with it. And uh, but the first, second one came on one day, um, or I might have rented it or bought it somewhere, I don't know. But um, I watched it first, and a friend of mine quickly said, you know, this is because the, the covers look, you know, um, on the movies look very much identical, yes, especially yeah. the first two. Because all, all that's different is basically it says part two on it. Oh, I don't think I've got that awful car on the front of well, the cover no. as well. People um, love the car. Like, I, go, I, sorry, I love it. So, I sorry, love it. I'm buttoning it. I'm going to button. Because like, you go to Comic-Cons and you see all these people like, oh my God, a DeLorean. It's like, it doesn't go, like, it doesn't go fast. Like, look, the General Lee's over there. It's because it's the, um, like, I've got a mate uh, called Darren. Um, he's, he watches. Uh, Does it? Well, Darren, comment. Oh, well, what the, <laughs> Darren is the biggest Back to the Future fan I've ever met. And believe it or not, um, last February, which would be my last outing to anything, um, well, outdoorsy uh, before COVID. I um, you that. Basically, uh, I went to the, the Back to the Future musical in oh. Manchester, and I actually got to <laughs> I got a picture, met Bob Gale, the writer of the okay. movie, and he was lovely. He was very nice, and I met Alan Silvestri, who was the um, who was the um, he did the soundtrack. I'm gonna hit him with the script. No, you, you, like you, you, you would have loved him because <laughs> Alan Silvestri has done. <laughs> no, I'm really has done films. Um, like you know, it's like a rabbit hole yeah. of movies and sort of thing. But um, I saw the door. They did. Amazing work with the DeLorean on a stage. I've never right, seen yeah. it before in my whole life. Um, the movie itself, um, I thought was um, the, sorry. The musical was fantastic, and uh, and the DeLorean represents a time um, in people's lives where they could go back and feel nostalgic. That's mm. like I mean, because I mean, I do love Back to the Future. I'm a, bit, I'm a big fan. Um, it's not in my top ten. It's not in my top twenty, probably. Um, it's just it's a, it's a trilogy that I've always enjoyed. Um, and like I say, you know, I don't go back to it and think of the 80s nostalgia because I didn't watch it until the mid-90s. Um, but I do get its significance. So I think it's fantastic to hear yeah. your, your views because, like I say, if you can't get on board with something, then, like I say, I mean, yeah. sometimes it's, it's good to have, you know, to, to sort of, you know, give out the opinion that a film that everyone loves is actually not that great. But some, cause some people can get, I think, um, like, what's that word? You can get very, um, like, over overwhelmed by, the, um, by the, the amount of people that like a movie. Like, Back to the Future's got a massive, massive fan massive base. Massive fan base, And yeah. in a way, sometimes, if you're surrounded by all these fans who like this one thing and you don't like it, you sort of detest it even more yeah. because you're sort of sitting there going, why can't you see what I'm thinking? Yes, 100%. I get that. I get, with that film especially, yeah. like, most of my friends really... Case in point, I'm pointing at James, who's behind the camera. He's a, he's also a big yeah. Back to the Future fan. But, like, I'm, again, with Mars Attacks, I tried to watch Back... No, what, I did watch Back to the Future. Maybe Mars Attacks should be my number one. But the thing is, with Back to the Future, it, what I don't get with Mars Attacks is I appreciate why people like it. Right, fair enough. Like, people like Back yeah. to the Future, I get it. Yeah, they, I get it 100%. There people like Mars Attacks, it, I'm like... Yeah. Mm. I mean, but Back to the Future is, is built... Um, the whole fan base, the whole um, creation of the movie is built on love. 
you know, and it's built on a great big um, stage of people who come together to have, you know, this love for one. It's like Star Wars and things like that. Every franchise has got like your fan base, and Back to the Future for me is one of the biggest fan bases I've ever encountered. And like I say, I'm a fan, so I'm not against it. But um, I think it's always good to see the other side, and that's what you brought today. I just don't like it, Rob. No, I'm but sorry. Da- is it Darren? Darren. I'm sorry, Darren. Does. But you need shadows. Yeah. The film's not very good. I'm trying to think now, <laughs> what would you think? I, do you know what? Darren's a great guy. You'd have a, a blast talking to him. Um, but um, maybe it should have been him. On, actually, if it was, then it could have gone wrong. Because I met Darren on Twitter. Okay. Um, I think it was Twitter. Uh, yeah, it was Twitter. And I've met him since. He was the one who got me tickets to see Back to the right. Future. You know, he's, he's a great guy. And um, I'm watching he, him like it. It's just like, whoa. You know, yeah. I like Back to the Future. You love it. Yeah, yeah. And seeing that, you know, passion. And I've met other people um, through, um, you know, i met friends of his who are also big fans. And I think to myself, wow, you guys are dedicated. And I love that people get dedicated to movie franchises because that's what makes films, you know, last longer. Yeah. Like, you know, the horror genre, you know, it's got so many massive characters, whether it be Freddy, Jason, Leatherface. They've got all got fans, and they all come together, and they all just create this massive, you know, sort of like love vibe. And that's that's thing about it. Yeah, because that's you get to meet people, yeah. and you know, and film fans are some of the best fans you can meet in the world. I mean, they can also be the most opinionated fans in the world, like <laughs> we are today. But again, that's why we're looking forward to having guests on in the future, yes. which I believe is coming soon. So. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, we're meant to be have. Well, obviously, with COVID going on, that's what we'll talk about next. Yeah, now we're yeah. done with that. Um, with guests, we're not 100% sure what's going to be happening. No. But they are coming. Um, yeah, they're definitely coming. We're trying to sort of get some bigger space so we can allow. Yeah. But we're also thinking of maybe ideas where we'll have sort of them on a Zoom call or something. Yeah, we're, don't, to make it safer. Yeah, yeah. We're, sort, yeah, we're, we're going to sort out is what we're trying to say, basically. But it's going to look good because, like yes. I say, it's going to be great to hear more opinions from people because that's what we want. We want people to be more involved with what we do. You yeah. know, it's, I mean, yeah, it's... Of course, it's you know it's a, you know it's Chad and I usually, but you know to get other people on sometimes and get their point of view across on a genre or a movie in particular is always exciting to hear. We'd love it as well if you guys could uh, put the two films that you ha- dislike that everyone else loves yes. in, in the comment. Yes. Cool. So then you can sort of let us because I'm sure there'll be one or two answers that will make me and Rob go really. Yeah, get some comments below and we'll get some people talking more. Yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks, guys, and um, we'll see you in two weeks' time. Uh, we've got oh, we've got an unboxing video, haven't we? An unboxing video. Yeah, that I. I wasn't happy with what's in the box, but you'll find out with the video we'll try and release pretty soon. Pretty cool, so thanks for watching, guys.